My name is Brianna, and I welcome you to the Tales of Adventure, a D&D podcast like no other. I'm Cora. I play Ziamara Brimsby, a golden dragonborn rogue on Chords of Fate. Currently, right now, we have two separate groups. There is my group, which consists of myself and two other people that are being DM'd, and then another group of three people that are also being DM'd by a separate person. And eventually, our two groups are going to merge in story with one another. Prior to that point, both groups are dealing with the same storyline, but being thrown different uh, challenges and objectives by our respective uh, GMs or DMs until we meet up with one another. People can find the podcast on iTunes. Uh, You should be able to find it on Google Play, Spotify. I'm pretty sure anywhere that you can look for podcasts to be found, it should be uploaded on there. But those are the major ones. We're a program underneath of Mage Productions, which is the main company that we do this through. So if you're looking to uh, support us specifically, support Mage Productions. You can, they have a Patreon, www.patreon slash Mage Productions. Uh, there may be one set up already for Chords of Fate, but I'm not entirely sure. But if you go to Mage Productions website, you should be able to find uh, more information about that there. And, you know, if you feel like supporting, uh, donate to the cause. We have merch through uh, So Nerdware. If you're interested in purchasing something and giving back to the little man and, and whatnot, check us out on Twitter because that's where most of us that are in the cast and the production team do our posting. If you are interested in possibly getting like free merch as a as a reward for being supportive, that's where we'll most likely end up posting about all of that. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to interrupt you at all. I'm just, I'm new to the area. I'm I'm here with, um, it's a long story, but I couldn't help but notice a lot of people seem to be coming to you and talking to you in the brief time that I've been here. So I'm thinking that you might be someone that knows something worth knowing and I'd like to be in the know wherever I'm at if I can help it. So um, what's what's going on with that? What's your story? Oh, my, my name is Estrada and I do happen to know a lot of people here. I traveled a lot and I still do sometimes, but I've retired from the adventurer life. As it is, people come to me for, to help share their stories, see if I have any advice or to bring me information on certain situations in different areas so I can keep an eye on things. Alright, so you do kind of have sort of that in the know about different things that's going on and, and whatnot. Is there anything worth knowing about this place or anything that you'd like to share? You know, depending on what it is, I might be able to compensate you happily for the information. That very much depends. I would like to learn more about you first. I'd like to know who I'm dealing with. Oh, uh, my name's Ziamara. I'm not really sure what else you want to know, but, you know, depending on what you ask, I can answer as best I can. Where are you from, Ziamara? 
Oh, I'm from, um, well, let's just say I'm from the West. Not many people have heard of the area that I'm from and we like to keep it that way. I'm originally a part of a clan, but I've kind of since branched off to try and uh, make a name for myself. So I'm really from everywhere in that sense. You know, I, I kind of traveled all around and I don't really consider one particular place home, but I'm trying to see if I might be able to uh, find somewhere to eventually set up for the long haul, as it were. I can understand that. I've known many others with similar stories. What is it that you do? I'm a blacksmith. I like to think I'm pretty good at my work. But, you know, where we've just come from, the group I'm traveling with and whatnot, people, well, I guess I should say creatures like me, uh, people tend to... So there's gods that are dragons. And being the way that I am, people tend to not have an adverse opinion or reaction to me, but... I think that they think it's almost like sacrilege to try and work with someone that looks vaguely like one of the gods that they worship. So it's real difficult to try and actually find somewhere that wants to like take you on regardless of your skill. So I like to tell myself that, you know, it's just that I haven't found the right fit yet, more so than anything else. But yeah, I do smithing. I've always found the aversion or reluctance to work with being such as yourself to be rather ridiculous because you are all very talented in different things and I see no reason to turn my nose up at work with someone who, if they prove to be talented at something just because they look like a being someone may choose to worship. Silly, but unfortunately it's something we have to work with. Yeah, I mean, I understand, like, I try to put on an intimidating presence, so I'm not really bothered by the fact that people seem to be intimidated, but, you know, it does make for trying to find work a bit difficult, and, uh, I mean, it could be other reasons, but I assume, because no one said otherwise, that it's just that they feel weird about working with, you know, someone that vaguely resembles a dragon. But, you know, I'm kind of open that in my traveling, and and whatnot, that I'll be able to eventually make a name for myself and then the business prospects will be lining up around the corner to try and get me to come and work for them. And then I can have my pick of it. So we'll see what happens, I suppose. A very noble goal indeed. Is Was it this desire that led you to, as you say, branch off from your clan? Oh, uh, yeah, well, I originally did a lot of smithing. Well, not a lot of smithing, but I studied as an apprentice to be a smithy uh, back where I was from. And I, uh, well, just, I, I knew that if I stayed within the clan, I was only ever going to be known for what I could do in the clan. I was never going to make a name for myself that the world would know about because, you know, clans and small groups and things like that tend to keep themselves and I wanted something more than that. So I set off and I'm trying to find a way to leave my mark on the world. Yeah, so you used to become one of those adventurers that the bards sing of. Oh uh, yeah, or... I mean, yeah, it's... Um, I mean, I adventure for my own sake. I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's something worth, you know, barge singing over or whatnot, or even just relaying the information of. But 
I mean, maybe. I guess in, in an ideal world, that would be a nice end goal. You know, have to get your name out there somehow, so might as well do it through people who have the means and skills to do that. Of course. And you say you've lived in multiple cities. Have you been around a lot in this area, or have you been all over? I mean, kind of all over. I actually just uh, recently got off a boat and landed in a place called Silver Falls. It's a real big city, very, very clean and very well up, like real prim and proper sort of thing going on there. But then kind of immediately got swept up into all kinds of other stuff. Didn't really even have a chance to like take in the city, you know, set up, you know, a network there for people to potentially work with before I got thrown into all this chaos and adventuring with, you know, people and going on. And But like never had siblings so I guess in a way I kind of feel like when people who I mean everyone's smaller than me for the most part but when people that seem to be smaller than me also don't seem like they can handle themselves and might need some help I won't say necessarily that I felt I got pushed into this situation I went willingly but I went willingly because I believe that if I didn't go something worse could happen to you are the protector. You seek to help those who need help or who no one else may be interested in helping. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. I mean, as best as I can to the best of my ability, so... I may be familiar with some of your other work outside of your smithing, then. Heard stories and rumors of a certain being resembling a deity, helping some acquaintances of mine's friends out of unfortunate situations. No one knows where they went, but from what I heard, they're now doing much better for themselves. Oh yeah, um, well, I guess it's nice to see that word travels fast, uh... Don't worry, I will not tell anyone that you would not want to know that it was you, but it is... Good to finally put a face to the legend. Oh, legend. Oh, that's nice. Um, I mean, I'm glad to hear that your friends of friends or whatnot seem to be doing better than they were before. I mean, yeah, it kind of goes along with what I was saying. I don't like people making assumptions and picking on or belittling people just because they think that they can get away with it and there's no consequences. So, so to speak, I take something that they already regard as rubbish or treat like garbage and I remove it from them. If they really miss it, they can change and maybe have the opportunity to get it back at their own expense. But I'm not going to sit by if I see someone being harassed or abused or something like that and just let it go. It's not, it's not right and it's not fair. So, yeah, it just seemed like the right thing to do and... You know, there's always there's always the fact that if you keep to the shadows and everything like that, which I've been doing and seems to be doing pretty well, you never really have to worry that, you know, anyone's going to catch on. And uh, like I said, the fact that people seem to feel weird around me, I, I'm not really sure exactly if it is because of the deity lookalike thing or if it's something else. But I figure, you know, if you're going to do this, you can use that to your advantage and, you know, that way if people ever see you or maybe get a glimpse, 
they'll be convinced that it wasn't what they actually thought it was because, you know, why would that happen? And Or if it did happen, it was like some divine intervention and it was meant to happen and maybe it's a sign that you've been a shit the whole time and you need to <laughs> write the error your ways. Very much like the way you think. I'll make sure to mention to my friends to perpetuate this myth so you can continue working in the shadows. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, it's all word of mouth sort of thing, but, you know, that's another reason why I travel so much. Yes. One is because I like to check up on things and I like to, you know, keep an eye out and see what's going on. And you can't keep an eye out for everybody if you're staying in just one place. But also with that particular line of work, you can't stay in one place for too terribly long because there's a very strong possibility that eventually someone's going to catch on. You've been doing what you've been doing, so it's another reason why I try to keep moving despite my own other personal interests of settling down, so to speak. Maybe able to help with that a little bit. I have some friends who are good at misleading, so this apparition, rescuing people and removing people from situations, might start appearing in other cities that you aren't in. I know some people who would find that very useful, but I'll make sure to only include those who are more reputable in this information. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. That sounds like a good idea, actually. And I mean, that's kind of... I have my own bit of a network, so further expanding the network can't necessarily be too much of a problem but I mean this in the most cavalier way that I can if someone finds out and if it gets back to me I know what you look like and I know where you're at more or less so I don't think that I have anything to worry about but I also don't know you from a hole in the ground so I can respect that same goes for you as well but you mentioned you got swept up into something what exactly happened well so I went to this city, uh, Silver Falls, and oh, it was such a rush. So I get off this boat, I get knocked into by this one girl and a bunch of people as I'm walking down the street. I'll just stare in again, something I'm used to, but you always hope when you go to a new place that maybe it'll be slightly different. And so it's really disappointing when it, not, when it never is. So go to this place. I'm trying to find work. Suddenly, there's this rumbling coming. There's a festival going on, and there's this rumbling coming up from the ground. And everyone's suddenly going into a panic and screaming and carrying on. Understandably so, because, you know, the earth is shaking. Could be any number of things. Well, apparently what it was in this number of things that it could have been was these things that kind of resembled fungus, like giant, like, mushroom type creatures that were just like cutting people down left and right and if you cut into them they spilled this like ichor onto you and it was like this really thick slow moving black liquid and like I don't need to know what that does I, I all I need to know is it's a black liquid and that doesn't seem like it should be anything you ever want to try and get on yourself so you're gonna try and avoid that to the best of your abilities but Again, it's people that are in trouble and not really sure what to do. So, you know, immediately got swept up into helping people that lived in the town or were at least there for the festival, I suppose. And then, you know, 
do what I do best, you know, cut people down and then took to hiding in an alleyway just to assess what was going on before I made my next move and then ran down and joined up with other people that were fighting against these creatures. And, you know, we basically kept them at bay and killed off what we could. And then the the town's guard showed up and asked us to do something for him and went and met with this goblin and he's going back and forth and he's talking about his friend and it's real confusing. We went into the woods and we got chased by like an ogre or something for a little bit and then we met this goblin and he's supposed to be helping us with figuring out what... We got set into the woods by the, uh, the town guard's captain to look for scouts that they had sent in there. If you ask me, pretty shitty scouts, if they went into the woods and got themselves lost or possibly killed with no way of being able to relay what was happening in the chance that they ended up, you know, getting offed or anything like that. Not a good system. That's, there are many, many ways that they could have gone about making sure there was some way of conveying what happened to them, but no. Well, it's also the fact that when we first... Uh, her name is Sabi, is the name of the captain. And, you know, we didn't really even get much chance to ask questions about, you know, how many scouts they had sent out or if they sent scouts out into this forest but in all different directions or why they sent out multiple scouts instead of just sending out one. But I'm not the person who runs this town's, you know, military or guard system. So I can't make that judgment call and I'm not allowed to judge people for what they decide to do. They did what they thought was best. I think it's stupid, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. So she asked us to go in and look for the scouts, see if we can find them, offers us compensation for all kinds of stuff. We go in, we met with this ogre that we deal with and then we meet with this goblin who ends up you know, leading us to where he thinks he saw people going into. And then we get led into this cave and there's all kinds of like, I don't know, it's like fireflies, but it's on plants. Like they're all just kind of glowing with a light. I'm not really sure what that is. And the, one of the uh, folks that's with me does that too. Uh, he's um, he's li- quite literally like a fish out of water. He, um, he looks like a person but he's got a lot of fish like qualities about him and then the other who's with us is uh well she's just like an like an elven half elven girl her ears on as long as like a regular elves i think most half elves have slightly shorter ears yeah so i'm pretty sure i mean i don't know anything about her aside from a name so i don't want to make any assumptions but i'm going to assume half elf because they're short ears um she just might have short ears for an elf i don't know but so we're traveling down into this cave and we come to this it's almost like an underground garden of these plants that glow like fireflies do and it's got like a burnt tree in it and i went up and i like just touched the tree because i'm trying to figure out if it's like really dead or if it just looks that way or if there's any significance to it and then, of course, these two bunglers go ahead and get attacked by vines and things that are in this garden. So once again, I come in and do what I can do. They held their own. That's fine. 
but then I hop off to the path that we took down into the cave and I'm trying to signal for them to follow and they're, you know, caught up in whatever they're dealing with and they get covered in goo and, and such again. I feel like I'm the only one in these two fights that we've been involved in so far that hasn't had to have a bath afterwards because, you know, I understand the significance of you stab something and then you run away and you reassess the situation before you go back in again. Some people have much more straight forward, don't think, just hit it, things, fighting styles. It's not my particular cup of tea, but it can be rather effective in certain situations. So, with things spewing goo and ichor everywhere, that, yeah, run or grab something to use as a shield. And here's the thing, to that end, the things weren't spewing ichor and, and goo and whatnot at us until you know they've been poked and prodded a little bit so that might have been more on us and again they held their own i can't i can't you know disregard the fact that they're doing fine it's more of a matter of i have a tendency to make an attack and then again leap off somewhere so i can reassess and get a handle on what's happening they were kind of just caught up in trying to get out of there that i don't even think they had time to process what was happening and they were, or they were trying to defend themselves. And, you know, when you're not really sure what you're going up against, you don't really know how to defend yourself against it. And glowing, gooey plant life that you've never seen before is definitely not something, I, I mean, I personally know how to interact with. So I can't imagine that they do either. But I imagine most people know how to interact with that unless you live in an area with a lot of that. Exactly. I mean, I don't know if because the plants glow and my fine fishy friend also glows, if he had any understanding of what they were or what was going on there. But I want to assume that based on the fact that, you know, he got... Oh, there were spores too, getting shot in people's faces. Oh. Yeah. It's really just unpleasant all around. And I want to assume that considering how many spores he ended up getting in his face, that he also isn't used to interacting with creatures like this. So we did the best that we could with what we had information and resource wise. And uh, we managed to get out of there. And, you know, we've wandered back from there and kind of ended up here somehow. So they're off doing, I don't even know. I mean, the girl, I think, is just trying to, you know, situate herself and get herself more in a, a better headspace. I think that she's not used to dealing with things like this and that it's all just kind of, all of this kind of new. She she gives off kind of a, I don't want to say sheltered because that sounds negative, but that's kind of what I get the impression of is that she's not used to dealing with a lot of this stuff in general. And then... On the polar opposite of things, the gentleman, what looks like a fish or is somewhat fish-like, he's just delighted by every experience because he's never experienced. So they're both both individuals that have never really experienced this sort of thing, but one is utterly overwhelmed and the other one is thoroughly charmed by that. So they're off doing what they need to do. Interesting combination. I mean, it makes for interesting, you know, company and entertainment as far as what I get to see on a daily basis with them. But hey, they're off doing their own thing. So we'll reconvene at a later point in time and 
figure out where we're going next and what we best do kind of gotten put together into a traveling group as it were and it's weird for me because i'm not used to traveling with other people so you know now again that whole concept of you know looking out for other people now now that's much more constant than it was before so i'm i'm not really sure i don't necessarily dislike it but it's definitely new so i'm not really sure how to feel about it just yet most people aren't sure how to feel especially when they're thrust into a group with people who are different from them i've been there before myself a couple of times it takes some time to find balance with the group just remember be patient you'll eventually settle into something in time fair i think that's a good sentiment to have about it so it's not a bad idea when you travel a lot it also helps making getting used to new traveling companions much less stressful well comparatively speaking that's fair yeah that seems like a good idea i mean it's a good way to approach everything for the most part but i don't know i um i want to kind of wait and see i guess the the proverbial jury is out on you know how things are gonna go among the lot of us and then you know there was this little goblin creature bang whose name is he's talking about how in the garden that we were in there were other people and i don't know if he's talking about the scouts or what because again sabi didn't tell us nothing about what these scouts even look like so i want to assume that the only way that we're supposed to distinguish that they're the scouts and not just some random people that we're going to encounter on our travels is they're going to bear the same insignia of or armor that she was wearing but i don't i don't really know i'm I'm not entirely sure so we're gonna see how that all shakes out scouts typically bear some sort of insignia even if it's not super obvious depends on how the person in charge decides to run things but they need to have some way to be able to identify each other well yeah and then i also imagine in like situations like what might have happened if you end up going scouting around and let's say you've wandered onto like the territory of, you know, some foreign kingdom or something and, you know, you're considered trespassing, well, you now need to have an actual insignia to indicate that you are who you say you are. It's like papers of patency and things of that nature. Like, there's no way of you... I could say that I'm the queen of this, that and the other place but I have no way of proving that to you, aside from some type of seal or insignia or marking or something like that. So you're right. I'm, I'm just, again, we have been given very little information on what these people that Bang saw look like. You know, some size description, one that was small, one that was medium and one that was very large. That's not real helpful. That could mean anything. But it's what we're working with. It's not helpful at all in the slightest. Nope. I, but it's what we've got to work with, so it's what we've got to use. But yeah, so that's kind of where we're at right now. Do you have any plans for the, what you're going to do once you find all of these scouts? Or how you're going to go about doing that? I mean, for right now, we're just going to continue traveling onward and looking around to the best of our abilities, but... I imagine that once we find the scouts, you know, we'll bring them back to Savi and kind of, you know, go from there. But beyond that, 
I mean, I'm out for my own reasons, so it will depend on what happens in the long run with what we decide to do. And I know that sounds real vague, but, you know, I've only just met these people. I don't know them from a hole in the ground, really. Not much about them. And they seem like decent folk. But again, I'm not used to really traveling with other people. So after this is done, I don't know if that's going to even be something that they want to do. And if they do, then I guess we have to cross that path when we get to it. So right now, it's right now it's really just about trying to complete an end goal that we've been given and proceeding from there. Is how most adventuring parties start out, I've noticed. You get one task and then you wait to see how everything shakes out and then oftentimes things get much more complicated than you planned originally. Oh yeah, like I said, go into this forest looking around and you know end up encountering an ogre too and then we encounter a goblin and then we get taken to this underground, you know, glowing forest of plant life and things of that nature and then we get told that other people came out of the plant life and and whatnot out of like um there were like runes and things of that nature scrawled all over and i think bang had said something about a portal so that's a whole nother thing is that if there is something like that out there what that means and if people are coming through from somewhere where they're coming from and you know, if, if it's being used as something for a means of good or bad. Quite a few questions you have to answer. Have, were you able to recall what any of these runes or the markings looked like? I feel like that's more of an arcane thing. And unfortunately, my skill set doesn't really uh, particularly pertain to that level of education. I'm much more of a, you know, self-taught sort of individual and arcane arts and things of that nature have never been of particularly high interest but even in the few passing you know bits and scribbles that i've seen in some books that i've perused in the past it doesn't look like anything i've ever seen before so i'm not sure what it could be but hopefully someone else might we'll have to see when we go back to sobby you know and see if maybe they know what is uh is going on as far as that goes, and at the very least bring it to their attention because I feel like if, uh, you know, a portal's being opened up for people to travel to and from, especially if it leads not terribly far off from their town, they want to be knowing about what's going on with that so that they can be prepared. A portal in a cave that's guarded by strange creatures, that's never a particularly good sign. Oh. Because typically if the portal was a good sign... It would be opening somewhere within the city and they would already know about it. Exactly. I've heard of cities like that that have like portals for people to tra travel through and things of that nature. This doesn't seem like what that was. Or if it was, it's from a real long time ago and has since been abandoned, which means, I assume, either no one knows that it's there or they do know that it's there and assume that it isn't in working order. So the fact that, it, that something's come through and it is working, that's a problem. Problem indeed. The question is, how big of a problem is this going to be? Apparently small, medium and large is, is the size equivalency that we're working with. So fortunately, we have not yet reached into territory of something of a gargantuan nature, but still probably something to be concerned about. Any size, really. I don't care how microscopic it might be. It's a problem if it's coming through regardless of size, so... You're right. That's that's true. Also, it's 
challenging to get something gargantuan through the portal. Especially in a cave that's... would have to do that somewhere else. So it might be a good idea to keep an eye out for other runes that could be other portals. That's true. And again, I, I want to assume that one of my compatriots has some knowledge of this and that they're keeping, you know? I mean, I'll, I'll keep an eye out on it myself, but again, there's only so much that I can do. If I see something that looks similar to that, that's easy. But if we come across something else and it's different markings or things of that nature, that's going to have to be someone else's specialty, unfortunately, because I'm not really sure what it is or what it might say. We'll have to see what goes on. That is fair enough. It might also be worth asking if there is a local historian or archivist to see if there's any record of these portals existing previously that could help at least answer some of your questions or at the very least narrow down the possible answers. Yeah, that's a very good idea, actually. I'll have to take that out with the rest of the lot and see what they think, but that's not a bad idea. I've dealt with strange things before. Archivists are, at most, for the most part, they're very useful. Other times they're just stubborn. Indeed. That's when you just need to find out which buttons to push or what weakness you can tug on or what's bait good to bribe them with. It's true. There are many ways of getting what you want without having to resort to violence. Sometimes even threatened violence can work. I once got a man to spill, like, tell me everything I wanted because he thought I had a knife. It was a roll of bread. He was not happy to realize that. But luckily I had what I wanted, so everything was alright. Yeah, there you go. And then, you know, like you said, physical violence don't always have to be the way. Sometimes, you know, a well-timed, stern conversation can be just as impressive and needed as, you know, a knife to someone's throat. So it all depends on the situation and what you have available to you as a resource. Kind of advice, if you're ever threatening someone who has killed before, I recommend threatening around the kidneys or the liver, because if they've killed before, they're probably familiar with how painful and how messy a death like that can be, and they'll be slightly more willing to listen. There's a long story behind that that I'm just going to keep to myself. It's fair, we all have our secrets, I'm not going to pry into yours, and... You won't pry into mine, and we'll be fine. That seems fair enough indeed. How about uh, another round of drinks, and we can maybe swap stories of some other interesting adventures we've been on? Certainly. That sounds like a good plan to me.
Tales of Adventure is directed and produced by me, Brianna Toiber, as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network. The music is by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. To see more of his work, visit his website at chesterstudios.net. Find out more about Pseudonym Social by visiting our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com. If you like what I'm doing and would like to support this podcast, please go to patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial and choose one of the tiers connected to Tales of Adventure. You can also leave a review on iTunes to make our show easier to find for those who need it.